Do you ever look at someone and wonder what is going on inside their head? Welcome to Strictly Forbidden Flavors Podcast. Hosted by Marcus Edwards, co-host Zoom, and featured guest. We hope you enjoy today's episode full of grown and sexy, grown and sexy, down and dirty, dirty, adult-minded content. All unscripted with no hidden agendas. Let the flavor begin. Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. We are back for another episode of Strictly Forbidden Flavors Podcast. And as, as always, I go and look out for unique guests, experts, gurus, I hate that word, gurus, and certain, and certain aspects of life to help us have fun conversations to educate, elevate, and entertain our audience. So today we have Heather Shannon, and as you all know, with Strictly Forbidden Flavors, we talk about those spicy adult topics that everyone loves to hear, everyone loves to think about, but no one wants to say it out loud. So we're here to say it out loud under our conversation today, and I uh, hope it's going to be a lot of fun for you guys and gals. So... Heather, would you like to say hey to everybody? Let them know you're there. Hello, everybody. I'm excited to be here, and thanks for having me on the podcast. Oh, yeah. So Heather is a sex therapist coach, and she knows so many different things. And uh, one big thing about me when I, you know, when I look up guests and things like that, I'm like, ooh, you know, it's like these trigger keywords that you see, like, you know, you're like, oh, man, this is why I can fit my, my niche or whatever you may want to call it. So... I think that she is going to have a lot of different outlooks that we will enjoy today. Um, but before we start, Heather, can you just tell a little bit about yourself, your background, just, just a, a bit, and how you embarked on this journey that you are on now? Yeah. Um, so I've my undergrad degree is in finance. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I've done a little bit of a career change, <laughs> um, like a lot of people, where you kind of go down one path and you're like, well, this is making me really miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, So then kind of did some exploring and some soul searching and it was like, okay, I think something in psychology and wound up being a school counselor for like six years working in a high school. And then um, one of my friends from grad school approached me about starting a private practice. And I had kind of always wanted to do that anyways. And I was kind of wondering like, why didn't, why haven't I started this yet? Mm -hmm. Um, So we started that. She quickly realized she didn't want to be an entrepreneur. And I was like, I could never go back. Like this is, this is the life for me. Um, so I, I did private practice for a number of years and I had a couple clients who I think were just like really brave with exploring, um, you know, gender identity and, um, kinks maybe, and like bisexuality and sexual trauma And it just really made me realize like, this is really deep, important stuff that like relates to, you know, self-acceptance and like Mm -hmm. healing and like feeling healthy and safe in your relationships. And people don't really have places to talk about this safely with someone who has some knowledge and background in it. So I kind of toyed with the idea for years, actually, of like becoming a certified sex therapist. Sweet. And I was like, I don't know, it's a big <laughs> commitment and it costs a lot of money. And, you know, let's see. And then I realized like, there's actually a lot of demand for this. And it's like, actually, you know, it feels like important, rewarding work. And so I think, I think I also felt like 
uniquely able to hold space for people to just say what they need to say and be super open-minded, non-judgmental, and not have it be about like my personal beliefs, but much more about like, you know, what's really right for my client. It's very true. So you, you spoke on, um, you know, being neutral and not your personal belief. I, my firsthand uh, testimony to that's a very hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and <laughs> yeah. a, a lot of people, especially us adults, right? We, you know, bought a dope business of, for better lack of words, you know, they're not easy to express, you know, their true feelings to someone. And when we hear these conversations and how these conversations, a lot of people resonate with them, but they're just afraid to say like, yeah, I'm just thinking about, you know, kinky shit or any, you know, things like that, you know, and it's, it's natural. We, and a part of, you know, having these conversations is, you know, normalizing it a little bit because the more you talk about it, the more it's not like taboo or like, Oh, you know, blue moon yeah. conversations. So that's why, you know, I have different aspects, you know, these shows to normalize it, right? We can always get, you know, different perspectives on different things, different ways to help. And hopefully someone will find an answer or find a way to better their lives or to get some help from someone to help better their lives. And that's kind of why I do this. So thank you for changing your career path <laughs> for your calling because it brought you here today. <laughs> so you spoke about early on how you switched up, which is natural. Everybody switches up, you know, what, what their focus area is. Um, starting out uh, on your journey, um, what was your experience? How, how did it make you feel? You was like, you regret this? Or you're like, oh, this is cool. Was it weird? Just kind of give us a little bit of how you felt in your first experience when you first started on this journey. Well, like when I first started specializing in sex therapy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I remember telling my mom, like, hey, mom, I'm going to be a sex therapist now. I'm going to do this, you know, program at the University of Michigan and sexual health and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> And it was like, you know, she's a mom. It's fine. She's now on board. But, um, but it was interesting because I was like, well, mom, look, I've been a therapist in private practice for a while. It's not like I haven't talked to people about sex and relationships before. Now it's just kind of like all I'm doing almost, or most of what I'm doing. Um, so it wasn't like an abrupt change like that. Um, and sometimes I'm kind of like, oh, am I going to be too pigeonholed? Cause like, I am very holistic and mm-hmm. how I approach things and, mm-hmm. um, no, because I mean, first of all, like clients might come in for sex stuff, but if they have like a work crisis that week, they're still probably going to talk about it. You know what I mean? Right, um, right. So it's like, it never winds up being like super narrow focus, but also like sex is naturally very holistic and it's, it's just really interesting. Honestly, it's like you wind up incorporating, you know, how people feel about themselves, how people feel about their bodies. Um, you know, the, the shame and stigma sometimes that are imposed on people by, you know, religion or families or just society in general of like how you should be as a sexual being. So like, there's some really deep stuff there. And then there's also more just like fun stuff of like, oh, okay, like you're kind of like inexperienced sexually. Here's some fun things to try, you know, <laughs> yeah. how you can explore that. So it's, it's, it's a lot of variety within sex therapy and coaching. Which is which is cool. I'm, and uh, like I said, I'm quite sure it's not an easy journey to be so open and hear so many things and hear so many problems. And, you know, you have to be neutral is an underrated uh, feature of character, I will say. That's, that's my personal opinion. I think that. And, you they, know, and I'll say, like, it's not that I'm always like, quote unquote, neutral or I don't have my own thought, but. Mm-hmm. I think kind of being a coach or therapist, it's like being aware enough of your own thought that you're mm-hmm. not imposing on the other person. Right. And right. okay, this is me. And let's go back to what does this person actually want? What's good for them? 
Very true. That's that's actually a good way to look at it. So as yeah. a as a sex therapist, what are some of your like you know, what's some of the common issues you see with your clients when you see just so people can know and not to, you know, not air anybody's laundry, is just so someone out there listening can say, Oh, I have these problems too. I have these problems too. And they oh, yeah. won't feel like they're just, Oh, it's just me by myself going through this because we all go through the same problems. Right. So can you just tell us totally about, do. I'm like, right. I do too. Right. I'm a sex therapist. Doesn't mean <laughs> I'm like all figured out. Right. And, and I've had the thought, I'm like, I'm never going to know everything about sex. You right. know, like right. I can study it and work with people for the rest of my life. And I'm never going to know anything. So I think it's, being able to have like a certain level of humility kind of coming into it too. Like, Hey, you're not supposed to know it all. You're not supposed to have it all figured out. Right. And, and I actually look at it like, like sex education is terrible. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, like the show sex education is great. And that, you know, that sex education is good, but we don't get that like in, in school or from our parents typically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you think about it that way, it's like, we've all, I think we've kind of all been a little bit deprived of like helpful information given in a safe space. Mm-hmm. So now we have podcasts like yours, you know, <laughs> and TV shows like sex education where we're kind of like learning it and like making up for lost time. So, and I think that that's how I look mm-hmm. at it when people work with me or, you know, decide to do that too. It's like, they're choosing to kind of unlearn some of the really harmful stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like, relearn or learn for the first time you know what actually works for them in their intimate life mm. yeah so, I was, so back to your question though sorry i realized i went on a little tangent there it's <laughs> okay um, but the common issues um probably the most common one is kind of like a either low libido or um like a miss uh mismatched libido in a couple mm. um so i get a lot of people that are kind of like i just don't have like much of an interest in sex and like maybe they used to i would say usually they used to and you know with women especially i see it being like they had kids and something shifted or they mm. went through menopause and something shifted mm. uh, or the relationship turned into just like roommates like you know mm. maybe there was some physical health issues mm. that happened um, or just different traumas that they experienced unrelated to sex and then all of that impacts the sex life so it's for me it's like fascinating to be like oh so interesting we're like dig through and figure out like what impacted it and how can we like mm. you know, it's like a puzzle to, um to solve a little bit so and i and i guess i also just think like before becoming a sex therapist i don't think i realized how much you can try and how much you can do to create a shift in your libido. Hmm. But people aren't often supported in that. Hmm. And these are mostly, for the most part, uh, adults, right? Like, you know, adults? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah right. Only adults. <laughs> I was like, grown adults. I'm like, okay, we're not talking about kids, of course. I mean, certainly uh, teenagers could have, like, you know, sexual issues or, you know, gender identity stuff, too. I just personally don't work with anyone under 18. Yeah, that's a good Good, yeah. good thought right there. Just, they don't, you don't, you don't know much when you're that age anyway. I, I think anyway, so you just kind of like explore and experience, and, and you don't get to the, the level that we're talking about until you kind of you know, have a little bit of, under your belt. So that's okay. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> so when when you, you say you know uh, some of the common issues, you know about libido and things like that, mm-hmm. who who is your who is who who are your tougher clients to get through to? Is it men or women? You can be honest. Please let me know who's tougher to get through to. I wouldn't say it's a gender thing at all. I think it's like some people just have more mm. resistance, you know? So, like who, so who has more resistance? Who has more resistance? I would say people who are depressed. 
like I would, depression is not my like favorite mm-hmm. necessarily to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, although sometimes I, I totally adore my clients who like come with depression, but um, you know, that's a tough one. So, cause then you're working with like a multi-layered issue, right? Mm-hmm. So you're working with like kind of mental health and then how it like also intersects mm-hmm. with sex. And so I find myself commonly working with that and, or people who have trauma and then how that intersects with sex or people who have had medical issues and how that intersects. So mm-hmm. it winds up being this like very, um, I guess complex kind of, kind of thing to like unravel and then see what's really going on. But um, I think it's super rewarding. And I think people are really excited when they're able to make those connections. Like, Oh, when I had that surgery, I never grieved it. And so I'm kind of shut down and mm. that's part of my libido not being there. Or, you mm. know, when we got past the age of being able to have children or when mm. I had my uterus removed, mm. there was maybe some kind of grief there that maybe wasn't even totally rational, but realizing that maybe we still have that association of like sex being for procreation. And so when that was shut down, mm. you know, the libido shut down. So there's, there winds up being these just really interesting connections that, aren't often at the forefront of our mind. Mm, that's very, very interesting that you say that too. So hmm. you got me thinking too. I was, I was, I was like, you know, listening to information and like thinking like, Hmm, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> that's just me in general though. So how much, how, how much would you say, um, you know, with sexual performance, uh, uh, openness, how much does the mental aspect play into? Oh my God. So big. So big. How big? <laughs> Somebody the other day. Oh, it was one of my my friend who uh lives in London. Um, and he was talking about personal growth journey and he's you know going through a divorce. And uh and I was like, personal growth, like someone who like dedicates themselves to like mental health, personal growth, bettering themselves, being mm-hmm. in a healthy mental space. Mm-hmm. I think that's like one of the sweetest things ever. And I don't think mm-hmm. it's just my personal opinion. I think it's also what I see, right? Like with my clients and just people I know, like someone's not in a great place. Like it's going to make it hard for their sex life to be good, hard for the relationship to be good. Like mm-hmm. so often what gets in the way of a couple connecting is that someone has a hard time feeling their feelings. Someone has a hard time expressing their feelings. Mm. Somebody has their emotions come out in sort of maybe a negative or angry or hurtful way. And then it's hard to recover from that and get back to a sexy place. So, so if you're taking really good care of your mental health, like that eliminates or butters Mm. like so many of the sexual obstacles, like it's not even funny. Mm. It all starts in the head people. That is something that I'm an advocate for. Um, Whether, wherever you are in your life, right. You know, mentally. And I, I like that today you know the you know that's like the elephant in the room like your thoughts and your mental is something that's more of a normal conversation too that's why i always i don't shy away from that aspect of a conversation when it comes to anything that's more business finance sex i don't i never take that away because no one actually knows what's going on in your head outside of you or until you express it right and we get all this help from therapists and stuff like that trying to either pull out what you have locked in there you know with all these techniques and things like that to make you open up to be able to you know release whatever it may be to others because we don't know you don't know you wish you could know every single thing someone said but you have methods and techniques to alleviate and help them to you know express those a little bit more so 
you're perfect. You're, you're fitting perfect with this with this show. Just so you know, just so, just so, just 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 with my mindset in general. So because because you know everybody can say, oh, I, I you know I, I strategize in sex and this like that. Everybody has sex. Everybody loves sex and stuff like that. But there are so many more layers to sex outside of just the sex itself that brings it makes it a better experience, right? And that's what I'm trying to. And that's what I'm trying to like you know, normalize with my conversations. I don't want to sound too high level or crazy or nothing like that, but that's just where that's just where I am, and I think it's a good conversation to have. And I would like more people to hear it. So, with that being, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I'll, yeah, I sometimes get on my horse. Just take Marquis. Just oh, totally agree relax. though, and I think you're right. Like, there's still not enough of these conversations happening, mm-hmm. and. You know, people often will think like what they're going through is like weird or not okay. And just to know that like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay to talk about it. <laughs> so which 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 within your experience, I would say, um, just seeing clients and things like that, how much do does you know physical appearance kind of hinder people from how they feel they can express themselves sexually or go further sexually because we yeah. regardless if we want to admit it or not a lot of us are our own worst critics right and we always are thinking oh, yeah. we're always thinking about what someone else may say so do you get that a lot or is, is, is that a factor what would you say to, to what yeah. so two-part question what would you say to that and what would you say can alleviate and help you know that yeah it i mean great question and it it's a big factor (laughs) um Mm -hmm. i hear about body image stuff often and and regardless of gender all genders um and i do think a lot of that is our culture i have a very strong feeling about it oh speak your mind Um, speak your mind i just feel like uh i feel like it's really important to start reversing the culture in that way because when we're talking, if we're trying to be intimate or we're trying to connect with somebody and it's like, Oh my God, but does my stomach look bad? Or like, mm-hmm. Oh, like, I just like, wish I looked like so-and-so or like, I wish I had more muscles and I just like, I'm kind of a skinny guy or something. Um, all we're doing is taking pleasure away from ourselves mm-hmm. and our partner is all we're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, if you want to keep reducing pleasure, sure, go down that path. Mm-hmm. But if you can pause, take a step back and see from that sort of like bird's eye view, like, oh, wow, this is really just kind of ruining everyone's time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe I should stop giving voice to these things. Maybe I should stop spinning them around in my head as much. And of course, that's easier said than done, right? right? It's not just like you snap your fingers and you're like, I feel so sexy all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have personally found that super, super helpful um, to realize that showing up in confidence helps the other person feel more attracted to you. So it's not just about you. It's about your partner's experience too. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you keep planting this seed that you know, your hair is not cute enough or your face isn't cute enough or your body's the wrong way, your partner's going to start being convinced eventually. Like you're going to convince them. Mm-hmm. At least partially, you know? And I think sometimes we say these things because we're looking for validation. We're looking for our partner to say, oh, no, 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 you're so sexy. You're so hot. You're so handsome. You're so pretty, whatever. And that's just not the most helpful way to go about it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm a big proponent that, you know, our validation should come from ourselves as much as possible. 
And then we'll, then we'll kind of wind up getting extra validation from other people because of how we're showing up in relationship and, and people are going to like it and they're going to say things. So, uh, but we don't want to count on that to boost us up when we're not doing that inner work. So that's, that's my feeling on it. The other thing I've really noticed with body image is it's less about what you, it's so much less about what you actually look like, which I find fascinating. Mm. And it's much more about how you're showing up for yourself in terms of your self-care. And, you know, I have a lot of clients that will think, oh, I need to like lose some weight or I need to whatever. I got to start working out. And then they will start working out and they haven't lost any weight, but they start feeling better anyways. Mm. You know? And so Mm. that, yeah, like Mm. that shows me that it's how you show up for yourself. Are you doing kind things for your body and your mental health? I mean, exercise is great for your mental health too. So I think, I think that's important. Like, how do you show up for yourself? And then also the other thing, I probably see this one more with women um, where they won't buy the clothes they want to wear until they're like a certain weight. Mm. And I feel very strongly mm. about buy the cute clothes now, now, mm. not in a week, not mm. two pounds, not lose 10 or 20 pounds now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're sending a message of worth. Like you're saying, mm. I am worth it. And it's that worth, it's the messages we send ourselves and how we take care of ourselves that, that actually move the needle with body image. Very, very, very true. And you know, the thing about it, and I'm not a woman, so I can't like speak firsthand, but a woman's body goes through so many different changes, right? And sizes and, you know, be a pair of children. And sometimes no, it, it's just a lot, right? And I, I feel like women, especially in the U.S., because, and I say especially in the U.S. because I've experienced um, other cultures. It's not just the U.S., but primarily I can speak for the country I'm from, right? And I see it's a lot more consciousness towards, you know, mommy makeovers and, mm. you know, it's, a, it's like a spike. And like today, I remember as an adult, right, cosmetic surgeries was not like so front page like, like it is yeah. now. And I don't disagree with cosmetic surgeries, right? But there's a reason why cosmetic surgeries became so much more popular because, us as society started, you know, shunning or downing certain, you know, ways or looks or, you know, something like that. And the doctor was like, oh, yes, you know, I have this procedure that can make you feel better. It's like you said, though, right? And sometimes the thing about it, some people spend like a lot of money to get their body changed. And sometimes they don't get the results that they, you know, like that wish pick or whatever they had. And then they become sad, right? But they actually do look may have looking look better than what they did initially but like remember when you were saying that so now people go to the gym and they don't even lose any weight and they this is it's a mental thing right it's it's, it's a mental yeah. thing and a lot of people yeah. don't get that part right so you spend all we always think our money can just you know just buy these things and you no know, it starts in the head and that's the and that's free right that's that's free so mindset and mentality change is something that i feel like i'm trying to adapt as well You're now tuned in to Flavor in Your Ear. Flavor in Your Ear.